Hello, and welcome to our seventh episode of Roots Radio, a podcast about sharing experiences with those living with ALS. Our guests include those diagnosed with ALS, as well as caregivers, family members, doctors, researchers, therapists, in essence, what we hope to be a broad broad representation of the ALS community. As a reminder, if you would like to be part of our project, you can contact us at rootsradioals at gmail.com. I'm one of your hosts, Jesse Meyer. I'm a social worker who works with the ALS Association, Greater Philadelphia Chapter. Joining me is my co-host and more importantly, my friend, Lenny Rafalco, who is a patient advocate having been diagnosed with ALS in 2000, July of 2019. Hey, thanks, Jesse. I appreciate it. And welcome everyone to our seventh episode here of Roots Radio. We appreciate you joining us. And this is kind of an exciting episode for us as we have the opportunity to speak with Pennsylvania State Representative Kyle Mullins. Kyle was elected as the Pennsylvania State Representative in 2019 and has continued to serve the 112th District of Lackawanna County, which includes the Scranton area. And uh, I guess as transparency goes, my my family, my, my mom and dad were born and raised in Scranton. So um, I'm particularly excited about the opportunity to talk with Kyle and in preparation of today's uh, podcast, we shared a couple memories and a little bit of going down talking about Scranton and the, the surrounding areas. So it's, I'm pretty excited about it. And Kyle himself is very passionate about his position as a state representative and the opportunity that he has to make a lasting impact on the constituents with whom he represents. And Kyle also shares with us his personal connection to ALS and how he is fighting to try to help the caregivers of those living with ALS. Thanks, Lenny. And we hope you all enjoy this deeply important conversation on this episode of Roots Radio. Great. Welcome, Kyle. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, thank you both for having me. This is my first, I've listened to a whole bunch of podcasts. It's actually what I spend my drives to Harrisburg listening to mostly, uh, but this is my first time on a podcast. So it's, uh, uh, while the, the subject matter is, of course, uh, personal and, and tough, uh, it, is, uh, it is good to be, uh, be here with you both and hopefully uh, can be uh, helpful to others. Awesome. Well, we're so grateful that you're here and we know that you're incredibly busy. So we appreciate the time. Um, Why don't we start sharing um, just the story of how we got to know you and how we got to to connect with you. Um, So the ALS Association, Greater Philadelphia Chapter, this year is focusing a lot of their efforts um, on trying to improve for our patients and our loved ones, the current state of home health, um, which for a, a very list of reasons is, is really sort of in a state of crisis. Um, and so in March of this past March of 2022, um, we had this roundtable advocacy discussion where, um, legislators, social workers, uh, pals, caregivers, just a bunch of random people who some of us, most of us had never met in person before. Um, but we're just passionate about ALS and coming together to try to figure out what can we do to sort of help our families, um, going through this right now. And Lenny was on the call. I was on the call and our new friend Kyle was on the call. Um, and yeah, so Lenny, how, so from there, sort of tell us how we got to here. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, I joined the call because, um, 
to the extent that I can, I like to reach out and, and advocate for the community. And at that point, you know, I was introduced to Kyle, you know, through the Zoom call, as you mentioned, and, you know, recognizing that he was a state representative and has a certain amount of um, uh, ability to at least um, sponsor or support many of the needs of our community. And obviously the fact that he was on the call indicated that he had an interest, a direct connection with ALS. And so quite frankly, I just reached out to Kyle via an email, introduced myself and said, hey, you know, if there's anything I can do to help you um, as you um, support the ALS community in Harrisburg here in Pennsylvania, I'd love to do it if there's an opportunity there. So we started a little bit of conversation going back and forth. And I asked Kyle if he would join us for the podcast, and he was gracious in doing that, which is what brought us here. And with that little background, Kyle, can you can you share with us your experience on the home care advocacy call and what it meant to you to be part of that conversation regarding those that provide the caregiving for you know those of us with with ALS? See the the battle for. Um... And I appreciate that introduction. The, the 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 battle with ALS is and needs to be one that's fought on many fronts. Uh, of course, there's the uh, there's the desire and the real uh, drive to finding a cure, uh, to finding uh, uh, therapies that uh, that prolong life and quality of life and uh, help to do do whatever we can to stall the progression of it. But there's also the more immediate need of the quality and availability of home care services. Um, you know, it was a very educational call. I, I understand that oftentimes there's a real difficulty, whether it's uh, getting care services for ALS or any number of uh, debilitating uh, conditions when it comes to navigating various government uh, programs. Uh, but with ALS and, and uh, other related uh, illnesses, time is of the essence, and uh, the quality of care uh, is directly impactful on the quality of life, not only those uh, diagnosed with ALS, uh, but the, the people near and dear to them. Uh, so the, uh, it, it wasn't just uh, an, it, what I heard on that roundtable that day was not just that we need uh, more funding via the state budget, which we do. Um, but we also need to uh, work with the various agencies in the people's government to remove any barriers uh, that are making, uh, you know, uh, approval of these services um, any more difficult than they need to be. Um, so it's a it's a fight I'm trying to help lead on in many areas, but uh, that roundtable was uh, very informative uh, and, uh, and illuminating that day. Yeah, I, I think agree. I was just going to interject here real quickly that um, for me it was as well, because at, at that point when we had it, I've been very fortunate that my wife has been super supportive for me. But I recognize and, you know, through various Facebook postings and my wife is on them that there are so many people out there that are less fortunate than I am that live by themselves, that may not have the financial means. Um, you know, caregivers are 20 bucks an hour. And, you know, if you have somebody there for a day, that adds up pretty quickly. Um, so I, I truly 
appreciate and I, I recognize that there's many worthwhile um, charities out there, many worthwhile causes. Um, and I really appreciate that you in the state is recognizing that ALS deserves to belong in that group of worthwhile um, worthwhile communities that need need that support. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, um, as somebody, you know, working with the ALS Association, I find such hope in, you know, sometimes ALS can feel really hopeless on a lot of fronts. Like when we're looking at statistics, just statistics, just numbers, you know, and we know that there's so much more to it than that, but, um, to know that people like you and, um, families like those ones that were on the calls are, are, you know, t- carving out the time to to be together and just start these conversations is really, um, I think, brings hope to to a situation that can feel at times um, pretty hopeless. Um, and it was very important for me to hear those to hear those te- that the, those testimonials uh, mm-hmm. from from people who are who are not only you know fighting day in and day out. Uh, to to keep as positive of an attitude as possible to keep going. Uh, that is, of course, uh, hope building in and of itself. But it was also important for me as an elected official, uh, but also someone whose father will sooner than later uh, need need those need those services. And from the time that of that brown table to where we are now, um, his needs. Uh, have grown his his decline uh has you know has continued to chart its course and and, and take its course and it is uh, while it wasn't right at our immediate doorstep even just a few short months ago the nature of this uh disease um, brings it brings it to your doorstep um in a way that really makes you want to um uh, you know, implement every possible efficiency, compassionate efficiency in in, in your government, in, in government services, and what it takes to get those care services. Um, it, it really brings it, really brings it home. So, thank you. I love that compassionate efficiency. That is exactly. <laughs> I've never heard that term before, but that is exactly what these efforts feel like we're, we're screaming at the rooftops to try to get like, like just let's make this easier for these folks and these families. Right. Um, thank you, Kyle. And, and you started to share with us a little bit about your dad. Do you mind sharing with the listeners? Um, you know, I know that ALS has touched you both, both personally, you know, in your own, um, circle and also professionally in, in a various number of ways. Would you mind sharing with the listeners? how ALS has come into your world. So I I grew up a a Yankees fan, and I know that's not necessarily popular in the southeast part of the state. Uh, uh, but uh, and for those of you who can't see us because we're recording, Lenny is you know just short, very proudly wearing his Phillies red hat. Right. Exactly. That's right. So, you know, <laughs> I, I grew up a Yankees fan. Dad grew up a Yankees fan. It's you know we all uh, we are um we, we are you know we are we are products of our of our environment but uh so you grow up uh, you know we you, i remember what seeing the movie very young uh that that followed Lou Gehrig's uh you know baseball career and ultimate uh 
you know, an ultimate diagnosis with uh, ALS, uh, you know, infamously uh, named, uh, you know, after Lou Gehrig, but, um, but, you know, you, you're, you're aware of it um, tangentially, but it, it, there wasn't any ice bucket challenge yet. There wasn't anything of that sort that really elevated its profile. Um, but fast forward to me, uh, you know, I, as a right after graduating from college, I came to work as a, as a state Senate staffer in the Capitol building in Harrisburg and ultimately uh, served as legislative director for a former state senator from the Scranton area, uh, state senator John Blake, and is often the time uh, you know, there will be any number of advocacy groups or meetings uh, that will uh, folks will come to uh, the that elected members Harrisburg office to advocate for one worthy cause or another. And just as the day's schedule goes, um, the member may be up on the floor casting votes and the, uh, the staff member has to uh, field that meeting, host that meeting and uh, convey the substance of it to the, to the Senator. So I've sat through some really, you know, some heart wrenching, tough, uh, testimonials and and stories before, but um, there was this meeting had always stood out in my mind long before my father was diagnosed. Um, it was a a couple, I, Paul and Eileen Miller. They had uh, recently lost their son uh, to someone who was distracted uh, while dri- driving while distracted, and so and then. Within a, a year or so, Paul was diagnosed with ALS. So their their pain and, and the reason that they came to advocate in Harrisburg was on two incredibly painful fronts. And um, I, I remember uh, being so uh, touched and, and heartbroken and shaken by that meeting. I remember crying after and calling who you know would eventually be my wife after to share just a real tough day and you couldn't imagine that not only their grief as parents but also their their uh, emotional whiplash their shock of then being uh given the diagnosis of ALS so I had it it, it quickly became a, a personal charge for me and that they were uh, constituents uh, of, you know, from our home area. And we kept in touch on both fronts of advocacy as we, you know, as I ultimately ran for office myself, I was elected in 2018, sworn in in 2019, and just took up the charge of um, trying to fight for a, a, a bill to ban distracted driving, but also to continue to be a, a voice for ALS, never expecting it to come even closer to home uh, with my father's diagnosis in uh, in early 2020. And we had a we had a good discussion as as part of our preparation for today's podcast. We spoke with Kyle, and you really gave us a a nice a nice picture of your father. He seems like a very strong individual. I believe he's physically and you know, just spiritually and personally, just a strong individual. So how about taking a couple of moments here and just sharing for our listeners, giving them a sense of, of your dad, who he is, what he liked to do, and and the 
the entire family dynamic that you had there, which seems to be really, really neat. It's, um, I, I had such a great childhood. I'm still having a great childhood <laughs> um, <laughs> for you. <laughs> dad, dad is, um, though he's, uh, of course, of course, dealing with the changes and the decline associated with ALS. Dad was always, uh, so he was a football player, um, you know, uh, linemen and linebacker size. And I didn't get his talent or size, uh, but he uh, uh, was always just bigger than life. And the the big teddy bear, um, he was always the baby whisperer, uh, kids, you know, whether it be, you know, my, you know, us or cousins or eventually the next generation, my children and my sister's little girl um, just found comfort falling asleep on the big guy's lap or chest. And he was always the one who would, who could throw you the highest in the pool, who would, who was a, just a, a human jungle gym. That's cool. And <laughs> he, uh, you know, when you would horse around with, with him, you know, play, play fighting or play wrestling. And he would, you know, he'd say, my father used to tell me that no matter how big you are and no matter how old I get, you'll never be big enough. Meaning you'll never be big enough to, to take me on. Um, and it's funny. I feel that way now, you know, Kylie, you'll never be big enough. Anyway, he, he was, <laughs> um, we called him my grandmother, my, uh, my mother's mom called him Paul Bunyan because whatever, whatever had to be lifted or carried up or down or, or however big the, the sack of, leaves in the fall were I just think of all the all the physical things that he was just naturally able to to do um so Paul Bunyan was her name for him and he worked so hard all his life he was just a, a regular you know uh sales rep for uh, a couple convenience store chains Sunoco A plus and then uh, uh Turkey Hill and then ultimately Moravido uh, when he was forced to retire but he was he's such an honorable man and whatever is good in me or or my sister is because of who my my parents are because of who mom and dad are and how we were raised Um, grew up in a in a small house with a lot of love on a regular street you know, playing regular things in the backyard. Dad used to, he would, at my request, even at the end of a long day when he would get home, um, he would paint, uh, I would get him to spray paint a line across the little backyard we had, and that was the end zone, and he would just throw pass patterns to me until, <laughs> un, until, it, got, until it got dark. But uh, it didn't It didn't result in any scholarship for me, but it certainly, <laughs> it, 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 it certainly gave me, any number of memories, um, great memories. He, mm-hmm. he, he wasn't, he didn't have, he didn't have a ton of hobbies other than, as I mentioned, New York Yankees, Notre Dame, Notre Dame fighting Irish, uh, the Green Bay Packers, any number of uh, team followings and fanhoods that just ultimately break your heart every year. But um, <laughs> he, but his, his real passions and his hobbies were, uh, were us was, 
was family. And yesterday was Father's Day. And as I'm writing the card out, I just, I, I, I thought of that and how his, I want to grow up. I want to grow up to be like him. Right. Mm-hmm. Just always have family as my favorite hobby. That's great. You know what's so um, beautiful about that too? And thank you so much. Cause I feel like, um, I mean, we've had the privilege of, of hearing you talk about him a couple of times, but now everybody listening knows him, you know, and knows that love. And I think, um, you know, you said he was, this, he is this Paul Bunyan type um, physical feat. And then also, but he also carries this um, con- familial consistency for you guys, right? Like, so he carries the physical um, things, but also the love, you know? And I think that families feel that, kids feel that, they know that. That's why they fall asleep on, <laughs> you know? Um, so that's such a beautiful beautiful story i have no doubt he's so so proud of you um and your sister and the way that your family is continuing to um help him lift some of the stuff that maybe he can't now you know literally and and sort of metaphorically um but kyle as you know as an adult son watching somebody watching somebody you love respect your parent go through this process um you know, I'm just curious about any insights or thoughts you might have. We meet so many families um, in clinic and through the ALS Association who are in your exact shoes, you know, watching dad, watching mom, you know, sort of go through this, these changes. And what thoughts do you have? What, I mean, um, advice, any suggestions, any, you know, sort of little slivers that you've they've picked up along the way? ALS is tough because you it it, it conflicts with a traditional set of uh, or a traditional thread or or bit of advice in that don't don't focus too much on the future. Um, and we because you, you want to live in the present, be present to uh, to what we are doing today. None of us are guaranteed tomorrow. Uh, But at the same time, uh, ALS also requires you to make preparations for the future. Um, So you, you, it's a constant, it's a constant uh, uh, tug of war between being present and not um, getting so filled with dread and mentally building the handicap ramp before it needs to be installed, but also not being caught flat-footed and in, in needing those actual physical, tangible home modifications and preparations, for instance. Um, so that is, that's something I uh, dealt with and continue to deal with. Um, it's, it's incredibly important. And I know uh, we, there's a, um, it, there's, it's it, taking care of, yourself in your own heart, mind, uh, body, and spirit is easier said than done. It requires time. It requires effort. Uh, for some, it requires, you know, getting around a stigma of counseling or therapy. Um, I'll be the first to, to uh, applaud those and support those who do. I, um, I do my best to maintain my faith, uh, but also uh, to speak with someone uh, professionally uh, and 
some weeks I'm good and some weeks I'm filled with that dread of caused by things changing. Um, but I, I'm learning you can do both, but um, it can get, it can get tough. It can get tough, but there's also, as far as insights go, look, this is, this is, there's, there's certainly a club. This is a club that nobody asks to be part of, but I thank God there's a club. I thank God that, that I have you both to speak with about this, that I had Paul and Eileen Miller to ask perhaps what would have been previously uncomfortable or personal questions about the, the road ahead and what their uh, situation was. So some people are uh, very, uh, you know, very uh, uh, sharing or, or outward with their uh, experience and others are, um, you know, my father's uh, quite private and he, uh, and I think he relies on, in a, in a, in an interesting way on me, on my public service to, uh, to be his voice, his, a voice that's literally uh, been lost because of ALS. He, had, he has bulbar onset. So the type that first visits your voice and then breathing and, and, uh, and, and swallowing, but he, uh, so that, that makes my, that makes our collective advocacy uh, important. So it, it's if, if you if you are someone who's diagnosed with it or, or a family member and are comfortable advocating, get involved because advocacy works. It raises it raises critical dollars for research funding. It uh, it it does things like finally get Congress to pass. <laughs> Uh, an elimination of the five-month uh, waiting period for Social Security disability. Mm -hmm. And if you're not comfortable uh, and, and are, are quite private, that's okay, too. This is a tough thing to talk about. Um, know that there are people out there who care about you, even if we don't, even if we don't know you. Yeah. And that's, that's great, Kai. You've said a lot of um, important takeaways there. It does depend on the individual whether you're very private or whether you're extremely extroverted or whether you're somewhere in the middle. And then of course, depending upon the individual's position with regard to ALS, whether they're a caregiver or whether they, they, they are the one with the ALS, you ultimately need to be relying upon others. And you're right. This is very important as a club that each of us takes on a responsibility to some extent. And if you're private, you can still share things with your friends or your friends see that how you're coping and they may take up the gauntlet or you can do it by other means. But I, I agree with you hundred percent and I appreciate that, that outlook. Now, getting back to the caregivers in my situation, and, and this is why I think it's, it's very important to realize that caregivers it, it's it, it, caregivers provide just a plethora of services, whether you're a family member, a wife, uh, a sibling, or a friend, or you're a professional caregiver. What's important, I think, about 
and, and a lot of it, in fact, the most of it, I would say, I'd say quite, quite honestly, the, the vast majority of it, caregiving does fall upon the family. And one thing that I've learned through the support that my wife has given me has been, it does take a toll on the caregiver. You know, I've noticed the last three months or so that Marta has been starting to get, you know, what I've been referring to as caregiver fatigue. Because if she's out, she's thinking about me, coming back, um, taking a day off is a little troublesome. And so now actually we've inviting caregivers in, trying to give her time off. And that's where you run into some of the financial challenges that that families have. And, you know, my situation, I have saved for retirement. But boy, it really is disappointing to be spending my retirement money savings on healthcare. But I, you know, I do, I do what has to be done. And luckily, we've got agencies such as the, uh, um, or, or groups such as the uh, ALS Association here in greater Philadelphia that provide grants to help offset those. But it needs to be done, I think, on a wider range as well to give caregivers not just the support, the, f- the physical support for somebody with ALS to help them get out of bed, to help them take the covers off, you know, because it's just too heavy because they don't have any muscles, brush their teeth, make their food, and so forth. But it's just as important to be able to allow families to bring in somebody qualified and compassionate that we can say, you know, in my case, Marta, please take the day off, go somewhere, play golf. I'll see you in 10 hours. And she knows that, that there's somebody here, whether they're here all the time or not. So that's what I think is really important about getting these resources for caregiving. So, and how, how important the caregiver is. So with that, I assume that your your mom is the primary caregiver for your dad. Is that that's right, Kyle? She is. Mom, mom's stronger than she'll ever know. And when I think of your wife, Marta, when I think of Eileen Miller, when I think of my mom, you know, and I mentioned Lou Gehrig earlier, and there's so much about his famous luckiest man in the world speech um, that, I, you know, there's so much about it that I, I love and, and, of course, we all know the the famous part of it, but he the other part I, I love and I think of these um, strong caregivers, he said, when you have a wife who's been a tower of strength and has shown more courage than you dreamed existed, that's the finest I know. Mm-hmm. And my mother. So beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful. My mother, um, she is she's always been stronger than I than, than she's ever given herself credit for mom has always been the uh the the cruise director <laughs> the, right. the care the caregiver she was she always and I think continues to struggle with what her calling in life is um when it's always been clear and that's caring for caring for people and not in a professional way, her her uh, her major and early profession was a she was a home economics major and then a teacher. So I know how to at least 
you know, at least so thanks to her, but she, uh, <laughs> but you know, in that, uh, in that theme, she's the, she is the, uh, she's the thread that keeps us from, from tearing when, you know, she, she, uh, she lost her sister who was her, uh, very best friend to breast cancer turn leukemia. Um, and uh, she, who was sick with the late nineties into the early two thousands. Um, she, um, you know, was always a, a present and active caregiver for my, my grandmother, her mother, who's 95 and is dealing with, you know, the, the challenges of, of being 90, of 95 and living right. alone. So mom is I some days I don't know how she keeps it all together and she um her her greatest joy in the world is is children and my children like five and two year old Connor and Caroline and now my sister has a, a five-month-old Claire and her she's you know it's like I mentioned it's a small house with a lot of love that I grew up in and it it is a it is now a mix between a, a what looks like a, a daycare and a uh, and a care facility for dad so yeah, right so you've got his walker next to legos and um and little mermaids <laughs> and we just we keep each other going i she and i are incredibly close and um i would do anything and i try to do everything to lift as much of a, of a daily burden off of her as possible. Sometimes even if that's just giving her a, a shoulder or a phone call to cry on. Um, but uh, she's an absolute hero to me. So is dad. And I worry about them both in different ways. Um, the worst, the thing I always remember hating the most as a as a kid and it still rings true is when i when my mom would cry and uh there's more tears you know lately than uh than in tranquil times but um she's also a person of of faith and will send me you know prayer snippets and and uh she keeps us uh she might not know but she keeps us she keeps us going and we try to keep her going. But as, as dad's ALS progresses, there will be actual, you know, physical, uh, physical needs and it will get more and more strenuous. And we, you know, that is why um, awareness of services <laughs> is so critical and the availability uh, of, of things before you go spending, um, you know, so much on, uh, on medical equipment, which is incredibly costly, for instance, see what organizations out there have those things uh, available. And that's why, I mean, the, the social workers who work in this space, I mean, Lenny, Jesse, you both know uh, what, how key they are. Um, Mom is still working up the, the, the courage to, um, to, to have a lot of those conversations of like I, the conflict I mentioned before, dealing with it, dealing with it now, and and the reality and and scariness of it all, mm -hmm. or putting it on hold until tomorrow or the next week. 
I don't have a right answer, but um, it is so important just to be a not only a a, a physical uh, help around the house, but also uh, an emotional one as well. And that's 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 very true because it's taking a toll on everybody, your family, the people that love you, the people that you love and your friends and so forth. And your mother sounds like a tremendous person. And she sounds like somebody that's, that's full of love. And you're right. It's not a club that she ever thought she'd be signing up for when she married your father. But nonetheless, She's somebody that recognizes and has that that sense of responsibility, accountability, all from the affection and love that she has for your father as well as for your family that helps motivate her. And even with that said, that's where it's important that the the, the supporting group for for your father, for example, or for me, that they keep me grounded as well as keep Marta grounded and recognize that, Hey, you do need some time for yourself. Physical fatigue. It feels great, but there's nothing more tiring than emotional fatigue. That's just, and, and just getting away is, is, is so, you know, in my case, once again, with Marta going out with a friend and having a glass of wine, you know, and, and, and giving your mother the opportunity to get away and say, Hey, you know what? Dad's cool. He's not going anywhere. I'm here with them. We're going to watch. We're going to watch the Yankees lose to the Phillies or whatever the case may be. <laughs> I knew you were going to throw that in. <laughs> but I, that was I, artfully I, done, Lenny. That was that, that was, was that was. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I try. <laughs> if but, you wear uh, the hat, you got to go for it, exactly. right? <laughs> but nonetheless, it's just it just really, I think, drives home the point that caregiving comes in many different forms. But we and, and we can't forget the caregiver. The mm-hmm. caregiver is so important here. Marta is the one that looks out to the future for me. Frankly, you know, I didn't want to look in the future. I didn't go to any ALS groups. I don't participate in a support group that that Jesse leads, not because I'm, I'm ignorant or not because I'm insensitive. But I know what's going to happen. And I just don't want to. I don't need the visual at this point. But I found out, hey, you know what? I went to a recent event that they had at Longwood Gardens, and I had a great time. You know, I've, uh, you know, it, it, everything takes time, yep. you know, and I'm still processing it. It sounds like your dad is still processing it. But, you know, the biggest, I think, takeaway here is be there for your mom. Your dad, yes, needs it, but, boy, your mom needs it just as much, if not more. And I really appreciate the sentiment and the affirmation that you gave for your mom and how you're there to help her, to help your dad. It's, and it's a, uh, they say it takes a village. And as you mentioned, some people live alone. Some people don't have uh, uh, necessarily a village, which is why availability of care services and awareness of what's available uh, is, is all the more, all the more important for those people. I mean, we've, I'm fortunate and I'm fortunate to live in the same town as my parents. Um, my sister, same thing. Um, she and we we both try to swoop in and oh, dad, 
is you know is nourished now at this point through you know tube feeds. I mentioned he has the type where uh, swallowing became a, a a real hazard early on, but you do what you have to do to um, to uh, to keep him going, but to keep mom going, to keep the uh, you know to keep the uh, all the gears turning uh, of the you know for the village for the benefit right. of the village. Right. And I think um, something you said that really stuck out to me was how you said that when you were little, you know, and I think we can all reflect on these memories we have of, of watching our parents feel and express emotion and how as a kid, it's like, whoa, like they, they, they're feeling beings too, you know? And yet I think the biggest gift that we can give our kids and that it's sort of this symbiotic sort of relationship that yes, she's expressing emotion more. And yet you're this container to allow her to, you know, you're there and you and your sister and your whole family, everybody is there to allow her to um, do that because my God, you have to, you know? And I think that's where we sort of, um, if anything we can impart on our caregivers is that, you know, ALS is, is the burden. It's not the person with it. It's not, um, it's not, and it's equally not that the caregiver's not strong enough because I think so many, so oftentimes our caregivers, you know, they, when we recommend and we're gent, you know, gently trying to say like, you need a day, you know, they're like, I got this. And we're like, no, no, we know you got this, but it's ALS, it's ALS, you know? And I think that taking that sort of personal sort of, um, like, uh, because this word burden gets really um, heavy on folks, you know? And um, I think I just love what you said about um, sort of rallying around, you know, all of you around mom equally as dad. Um, And then, you know, it sort of trickles down, you know, you, you do that then in your own little, you know, unit of a family with your wife and your kids and then your sister and the growing family. Like it's, it is, it takes a village and, um, you know, I have no doubt that your village is strong and you, you guys are, um, you are living and breathing examples of what life, living a life with ALS, right? Not um, throwing your hands up and being, you know, you, you are living a life and you're helping your dad and mom continue yeah. to live. That's beautifully put, Jesse. I, <laughs> uh, you mentioned just living, living life and still supporting one another. Uh, you know, though dad, his, uh, his physical abilities have, have declined and his ability to, to speak and communicate are, you know, it's very much done via a magna doodle, which is something my, my children, uh, it's at least a lighter, um, it's not a, a scary, intimidating thing like a uh, like his trilogy breathing machine or, right. or a tube feed, which God love these kids for you know seeing a, a real a real life, real scary thing up close and still loving Grammy and Pop's house and running over and give you know giving him and and mom hugs and kisses before they you know as they come or go. Um, but I I think of. 
you know, I was talking about, you, know, you were talking about emotions and, 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 uh, and watching your parents process those. And there's of course more tears, as I mentioned lately than, than in, than in other times. But one of the few times I remember my father crying is after I won my first election, it was a very, very crowded primary election. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if anybody uh, knocked as many doors as my mom and dad, because uh, t- they were so proud to get out and talk about their son. And you know, he he, uh, he had a real tough time uh, ex- accepting, and I think it was real down around the time you have to get you know petitions signed to get on the ballot to run again, and that was this past winter but god love him he he insisted on he was going to get a full page of petition signatures uh, from from voters in our community (laughs) and mom drove him around and he would either wait in the car or he would get his walker and and at least stand on the sidewalk or get close to someone's uh to a knock on some familiar familiar friend's door and um so that he he still um that was incredibly hope building and not every day does he have that energy but it's you have to it's very tough to but it's important to uh, focus on the gift that we got today we got to gather yesterday for father's day and it was an absolutely wonderful time um it looked different than other Father's Days, but we, we had the gift of of being together and all of us caring for one another and enjoying one another's company and making dad. He could still he could you could still tell when he laughs. <laughs> and um and we one of our, you know, we didn't come from much, but our one of our favorite currencies is laughter. Mm-hmm. And we still we have a whole bunch that we uh, still laugh about and have reason to smile for. Laughter is a great, great panacea for many things. Um, and I wanted to say that ALS, as we've talked about here in Nobody, it's obviously a, a debilitating disease. But I have to say from my own perspective, and this helps me, and it may help others out there, is that there have been there has been I've, I have reaped some many many benefits. Good things have happened to me since I was diagnosed with ALS. I'm not saying that I would ever trade them in for ALS, but the opportunities I've had to meet people, make new friends, you know, such as Jesse, me being able to do this podcast. Um, you know, getting closer with folks. Uh, you know, I try to, I always try to have the perspective that it can always be worse. And it sounds like with your father and your family, it could always be worse. That right. being that you don't have the family support group there. Right. And that just helps me keep things a little better in, per, in perspective at times. Um, it doesn't make things better. No. Well, it does make things better. It doesn't fix things, but it makes it better for me and I believe for my support group and for that moment, it just, I realize in the scheme of things, personally, I, I'm doing okay. 
because I have somebody here. And it sounds like your father, everything in perspective, yep. is doing well. Yep. And it's and how it, how happy and proud is he that you all are continuing to live and help him continue to do that right along with him, right? I think that is, and I was speaking of fathers and father's day, I would imagine that is any father or mother's dream, you know, to just want your kids to keep living and, and bring you along in that. Um, it's just a beautiful thing. And I think your family, I'm just so grateful that you're sharing this with us and you too, Lenny, and these stories are, are, um, you know, I think, you know, what makes our ALS community so, so damn special is that, you know, we know that we don't know what tomorrow brings. We don't know, you know, walking out the door tomorrow, what life is going to be like for any of us, especially sort of in this crazy world. And yet living with ALS also means living with this knowledge of what time is and how precious it is. And Lenny, like exactly like you said, like it, there have been things that have brought this deepened sort of um, meaning in life, you know, and, and you wouldn't trade it or you, if you could trade it, you would. And yet the quality of things, um, while even though physically they're deteriorating, it's almost like you have such a deeper perspective of what is important in life you know, what's really important and what's not. I don't know. It's just a beautiful thing. And I think your family is doing an incredible job and we're so grateful. So grateful to you. Um, first of all, that you answered, I think the biggest, I meant to say this in the very beginning when we were talking about how we met you, that you've like responded to Lenny. Like I, I just sometimes don't have faith that people respond to anybody anymore. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. You responded, you were open. Um, and we're just so, so deeply grateful for, for you and all that you're doing to, to help this community because it's such an important one. It's, I mean, let's, let's, I'd like to think that even if it weren't for my, you know, even if it weren't for an ALS diagnosis for my father, that I would use my, my voice, my public service for good or you know particularly with my familiarity with this dreaded disease my coincidentally and i remembering my uh, great aunt on my father's side dying of als uh, a decade or so ago um, they have not determined dads to be uh, familial or genetic that type but I just mentioned that to say it is, uh, <laughs> they call it a rare disease, but it, it, it seems as if it, you don't have to go too far uh, before you run into somebody who, you know, had, it has touched their life. Even He's in the club. They're in the club. He's in the club. And, yeah. um, but you, it's, it's, it's just important. Um, I feel it's important that if, if my public service and or my experience with watching my father and my family go through this, um, it, I'd like to make those experiences 
matter for something. And if someone listening to the podcast can find hope or even just affirmation or feel like what I'm feeling is normal, right? I'm feeling conflicted that I'm feeling, uh, you know, the, the, the push and pull of, of, of dread versus make today count. Um, those things are okay. And then you feel bad for feeling bad when, you know, somebody else has it worse. I go through that and then I remind myself and, <laughs> and friends and professional will, tell you that it's okay to feel and it's okay to feel bad because what you're going through is tough. And um, if, if any bit of this personal experience um, can be helpful to somebody, if any, any person who, you know, participated in the ice bucket challenge or golfs in a, in a benefit fundraiser or walk, if anybody who logs on to one of these round table, virtual round tables, um, can help carry the, the, the torch of, of hope forward, then everybody living and dealing with this, um, none of that struggle perhaps will, will be in vain. You gotta, you gotta make what you gotta make the card, the, the card, the hands you're dealt, I just feel like you got to make it count for something. Now you're, you're right. And along those lines, just switching gears here, I think it's important, you know, as we close up our, our segment here, if you could tell us, you know, what you're doing and what you're, um, you know, how you've been advocating at the legislative level here within the state of Pennsylvania. Sure. It's, and thank you for that. I, what, I mean, what we do here matters. All right. We, you know, in broad strokes, what we do as lawmakers is try to pass good ideas into law and stop bad ideas from becoming laws. But somewhere in the middle there, you try to help, you try to help your constituents and the, uh, and the broad population. So we are through the state, we're on a number of fronts here through the state budget process, we are trying mightily uh, to increase for the first time in a number of years the budgetary line item in the Department of Health for ALS care services. Um, I'm very proud to have uh, collected 45 uh, House colleague signatures on a letter that we sent to our uh, Republican and Democrat uh, leadership uh, just this past week, calling for this increase, uh, as well as a, uh, a solution a solution set for the uh, for the issues and the uh, sometimes uh, bureaucratic frustration we run into within the, the departments responsible for um, quickly connecting individuals with care services. So it is a budgetary exercise. We are uh, wrapping up the the state budget. Hopefully by the end of June, as we do uh, try to do every year, um, the you know while state revenues and, you know, remaining uh, federal COVID dollars uh, still remain and are strong. There's still so many worthy causes and the pie is only so big and you can only cut it in so many ways. My charge is to make sure that uh, this gets a fair shot at a, what is a reasonable increase that we're, that we're fighting for. So I'm crossing my fingers and, and, and hoping that we could, make our advocacy count in the near term and in the long term 
account for something that will really make an impact on the quality of life for people uh, afflicted with ALS and the and the village and the and the and the structure around them. So I have to ask: Did you have any any pushback or any ambivalence from some of your colleagues that you may have reached out to no, regarding I, this line I, item? I was extraordinarily proud. Um, we, again, we haven't vi- voted on or seen final budget language yet. All of that, uh, you know, that process will play out to get the and, until the ink is dry on the final product that we have to vote on. Uh, and that you know, it's not just a vote on ALS care services; it's on the whole package. So it's it's really weighing: is there more good in this budget than bad? And right. pushing yes, and pushing yes or no. But there, there was uh, no pushback uh, in the least bit uh, that I've experienced. My colleagues have been, uh, particularly those who understand what, what we're going through and my father, what he's going through, have been uh, wonderfully supportive. Um, you know, when you travel to Harrisburg and are away from your family in a number of days, you, you want to surround yourself with good people who you can share you could share details of your, of your life with. And I'm fortunate to have that support structure uh, here uh, for those times I'm down here, uh, in, down here in Harrisburg. Um, but I've, I've received nothing but support and 45 organizing 45 signatures, 45 uh, individuals uh, willing to, you know, sign on to a letter um, is a, that's, that's a pretty good, signature page and a half. So um, <laughs> just, I'm, I'm very proud of the, of the effort that uh, the ALS association joined in uh, to get that, uh, to get those signatures, but also to spread awareness and support. Good. That's good you're to making, hear. You're making a count, you know, you're making you a count and for, um, you know, not just for, because of your personal experience, it's so clear that this is something that is, um, you know, macro, micro, you know, ALS does not shy away from, you know, anyone. And, and so this is really, um, so meaningful, so deeply meaningful to this community. And we're just so grateful, grateful for the opportunity to, um, meet you and feel, feel like we've met your dad (laughs) and your mom and your whole family. Um, and, uh, we're just, we're really, really excited that this is, we were able to do this. So thank you for sharing your time with us. Well, I very much appreciate uh, the opportunity to come on here and for your friendship and your support, uh, even just in uh, our time here today together. Um, I, I'm closing out the workday with, uh, with more hope than perhaps uh, when I started. So I, I'm just I'm grateful to you Same. both for your, <laughs> Same for, here. your for your care. We all feel that uh, way yeah. for your care for me, and you are you both are making a count as well. And um, we're 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 in this together. We're in it for the uh, for the long haul, and uh, we're not God willing going anywhere anytime soon. So thank you, thank you, Kyle. We appreciate it very much. Yeah. And I guess lastly, go Phillies.
You take care. Take care. Thank you. Bye bye. Wow, Lenny, episode seven, wrapping it up. Um, wow. What do you, how are you feeling after our convo with, with representative Kyle Mullins? Well, it was a, a couple things. First of all, I obviously appreciated his candor in sharing his story and describing his father and his mother. The other thing is, it's just another example of ALS. Everyone is vulnerable to it. Mm-hmm. You don't know who or when somebody may get it. And I always go back to being compassionate to each other and the compassion efficiency. I love that little phrase as well. I that he coined. love that too. Yes. Compassion it's, so, it's so important because, and it's, it may be a selfish motivation, but you yourself never know if you will need that mm-hmm. or if somebody in your family needs that. Mm-hmm. So that may be a future event that you have no idea about, but that the folks such as Kyle working in this case for, you know, advocating for the ALS community, hopefully not, but you may find yourself in need of those services and benefiting from the work people are doing now. Mm-hmm because you may need them in the future. And I certainly hope that's not the case for those listening to us that haven't been diagnosed or, you know, they won't get it, but you know, that's just such an important way of, I always look at it like, like that. Um, you know, when you're helping others is how would you like others to help you? And I just exactly. think that that's what's important about keeping. And, and I recognize that, you know, as I said earlier, there's a lot of worthwhile charities, a lot of worthwhile needs out there. And I'm just fortunate that ALS is being put in that bucket and is gathering attention. Mm-hmm. But this is hopefully making it easier for an individual, for a family down the road, if they're ever faced with the same challenges that yep. you know Kyle's father is being and his family are being faced with now. So I just think yep. that that's that's just one of the takeaways and one of the important things that, that I, you know, I, I believe in. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he so beautifully highlighted the, um, the lived experience of a family going through this. Um, you know, I feel like I loved his description also of that sort of tug of war that so many of our families emotionally feel between needing to prepare yet also live in the moment, you know, and that is a huge, huge thing. Um, and I just really, really appreciated his, like you said, his honesty, his, his, um, genuine nature. And it makes me hopeful that there are people, you know, advocating for us in this state in Pennsylvania, um, who have that sort of compassion and drive to really make things to, to make change. Um, it, it gives me a lot of, a lot of hope. Um, and it, and it inspires me to, to want to, you know, get involved 
you know, or, and share the word with others of how they can get involved. And I, you know, I really appreciate also what you just said, Lenny, about how this club and, and this, you know, it's not certainly ALS is, is the, the thing that unites us yet. We know that folks with, um, you know, other rare diseases are, you know, that don't have the term ALS in it. They're, they're just, they're just in that, they're, they're in that similar boat too, you know, and how advocating for change for families, for more efficient, more compassionate in home care, um, is, is really helping to spread sort of that, that dire need for anybody who might need it. Um, yeah, I hope it's that there's shared successes mm -hmm. that could be the blueprint mm -hmm. for one need to another Yeah. so that hopefully we can avoid reinventing the wheel, which yeah. given that this is a bureaucracy, so, you know, in many cases, a bureaucratic issue, that's going to be a challenge, but mm -hmm. I'm hoping that these blueprints, um, you know, are shared, you know, whether it's ALS, whether it's, you know, muscular, you know, multiple sclerosis or wh mm -hmm. whatever, whatever it is, but there's, there's a yeah. lot, a lot of needs out there, yeah. but um, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed this. And I guess hopefully looking, looking at the future here, hopefully we'll get a, our eighth podcast out I year know. before the summer ends. We're on a roll. We're on a roll. Thank you, friend. As always, this was amazing. And uh, until next time. Yeah. So you take care. And once again, my thanks to Kyle um, for joining us today. Um, notwithstanding being a Yankee fan, but <laughs> I appreciate him joining us yeah. today very much. Me too. Me too. And you know what? To uh, I hope that I hope that Mike, his dad, gets to listen to this and knows that you know we are rooting for him and rooting for his family, and we are here for um, we're here for you. As we know, they're here for us. Yeah, so. yeah. One thing I know that when I when I was I was a Yankee fan too. You know, in all transparency here, uh, when I was growing up, because my grandfather was a Yankee fan. Oh, now the truth comes out. <laughs> yeah, it was Grant. You know, but this is when the Yankees weren't quite the same team as they are now. And uh, one of the my my most fabulous memories is sitting there and listening to the Yankees and the to the Yankees on the radio transistor radio at mm -hmm. night because uh, you know back in the sixties seventies you didn't have games every night like you do now. And uh, I wish that same kind of joy with um, to Kyle and his father Michael. Just uh, just to sit back and enjoy a Yankee game yeah. on the radio. No, no talking is necessary. Mm -hmm. Just being together and doing that, and uh, hopefully every night for them will be will be a Yankee game as it was for me when I was a uh, you know much younger. So take care, Jesse, and hopefully we'll be back. In fact, we should say we will be back before the end of this summer with our eighth eighth podcast. We will. All right. Bye, Lenny. Bye-bye.